Muggles with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know armadillos hate going to airports and getting on airplanes because people always ask them for their autographs and they can't hold a pen. It's very embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) I know that. For more armadillo-related facts and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. Hello there, you're listening to Muggles with Attitude. We are reading J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series of fantasy novels. I am Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Mike Sparkman. And today we're going to be reading chapters 35 through the end of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, the fifth book in the Harry Potter series. Previously... It's time for standardized testing at Hogwarts because apparently even when a power-hungry sadist with a racial purity complex is running the show, school must go on. Speaking of, Umbridge attacks Hagrid and nearly kills McGonagall, so things are getting pretty damn dire at Hogwarts. Harry is running out of allies. When he dreams that his mad wizard uncle is being tortured by Voldemort in the Department of Mysteries. Never mind that there is no conceivable way that that's actually happening. But anyway, it's time for Dolores to get gone. Uh, Harry and Hermione lead her into the forest and feed her to a ravenous pack of flesh-eating centaurs. Uh, With no one left to oppose him, Harry decides it's time to take the fight to the enemy. Or spring an incredibly obvious trap. One of those two things. Uh, So they hop on the back of some invisible flying lizard horses and make their way to the Department of Mysteries. Therein, Harry does not find Sirius, but he does find a prophecy about himself. And a trap! Who could have possibly predicted that? (laughs) I mean, maybe Hermione about ten times. Yeah, she did. I mean, yeah, and... I even Ron, I think, said something, and he's not the, the sharpest tool in the shed there. Like, when Ron's the one who's pointing things out, we know there's a problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. Chapter 35, Beyond the Veil. So they're still in the Department of Mysteries, and Harry's refusing to give Malfoy, Draco's dad, the prophecy. Um, but it's, Malfoy shares some important information here. It, well, it's, it's kind of funny, because the Death Eaters are kind of trying to explain to Harry that he was tricked. Like, at the beginning here, they're like, <laughs> we got you. And Harry's like, really not getting it. Yeah, no. where's Sirius? <laughs> No, that wait, no, he's not here. <laughs> wait, you mean he's over there? <laughs> <laughs> they stop and like draw a picture for him. <laughs> they put his picture of Sirius up and like draw an X for him. He's like, you killed Sirius? <laughs> no. Sirius, Sirius. <laughs> it's like, this is an ambush. I'm pretty sure this happened to him before, but no, he's like, he's not picking up on it. He's having no. some trouble getting getting around to it. But Malfoy, Draco's dad, uh, tells Harry that the sphere tells the story of his scar, and it turns out that the only people who can retrieve the prophecy are those who about whom it is. For of who, who it's. Now you got it. I got it. About whom it is about. About Shit. whom it is for about of uh, wherein. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Forthwith. Yes. And Voldemort couldn't come into the ministry because, you know, he's like supreme evil or whatever. So he lured Harry through his dreams and tricked him into thinking Sirius was in trouble. Yeah, this is funny. He's been running these like simulations essentially in Harry's brain to get him to come here. And I totally get why he thinks this would work. I mean, Harry has a pattern, right? Like 
if this forbidden door was in Hogwarts, he would have been there in like chapter two. Yeah. Right? Like, he would have been there in his first year. That's right. As we saw after he finished with the other, you know, forbidden door. Right. The forbidden black door? I guess I'm going to guess I know where I'm going. Yeah. But it, like because of the Department of Mysteries, it took him a long time to get Harry over there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me. But Harry comes up with a... He, he's thinking on his feet. I think he does a pretty good job. Um, I mean, yeah. sort of, right? His escape plan is to destroy this room full of re- replaceable... I, I mean, it worked, right? It did work, yeah. And, well, I mean, worked, right? I mean, because he did destroy who knows how many vitally important treasures yeah. of prophecy. Yeah. Well, it's like five or six teenagers against a bunch of adult murder wizards, so... Yeah, so, like, create chaos and scatter, right? Yeah. And if there's one thing Harry Potter can do, it's create chaos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's I like, mean, I got this guy. I mean, you wonder, like, while he was... Searching for Sirius desperately. He was in the back of his mind. He was checking out how breakable everything is. <laughs> Probably. Like, man, everything here looks like if it hit the ground, it just like yeah, smithereens. It'd mm-hmm. be great if there was a reason to just blast this place. <laughs> Guys, I've got a plan. <laughs> for what? I don't know. In case we get captured or something. I don't know. I've got a plan. Then. Ambush. Yeah. Good on Hermione for figuring that out, too. That's true, yeah. He, yeah, he was trying to communicate that with her. I feel bad, though, because like... What did we lose? Like, what if there were some really important prophecies? There were almost certainly important prophecies that are lost forever. Like, yeah, he's got this one, which is vitally important to the future of the world in some way, right? Yeah, yeah it's true. And, uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, who knows how many smashed thousands? Although, they could have just written them down, right? Right? Wizards don't do that. But they do. They have scrolls. I mean, yeah, but, like, isn't it better if you can get, like, you know, the context of it, like, the people, the, their intonations? You never know it's going to be important, you know? Uh, uh, I guess that's a pretty good point. <laughs> so you should definitely not write it down. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. It's not It's not going well for them, though. They get away, but Hermione is hurt really badly. Yeah. Um, that, she's, like, slashed across the chest through a spell. With some mm-hmm. kind of, like, purple flame or something? I don't think we know what that is. But. Yeah, but it's not good. Um, Neville's nose is broken. Ron has gotten weird. He's, yeah. like, gone crazy. I don't know if it's, like, a crazy spell or something. Yeah. But he's super loopy. I, I love this whole fight in the ministry. Like, yeah. all the stuff that's happening here. It's just, like, they're going through these rooms. Then each of the rooms has these weird things. And we passed through these rooms on the way in. But now we're getting to, like, yeah, have it's, fun it's with them. good. This is a good setup, right? They, they see all this strange stuff. And then they fight in it on the mm-hmm. way out. Yeah. My favorite part, by far, is when the Death Eater uh, falls, like, into the, the that baby bell. head. The baby head, right? Absolutely. And then Harry's, like, about to ice baby the guy. Like and Hermione's, like, no. <laughs> You can't hurt a baby. <laughs> and Harry's like, yeah, she's right. <laughs> so good. I don't have time to argue about this. <laughs> My favorite part is Ron's all weird and he goes Accio brains from that creepy like brain fish oh, that, that was we're swimming. Too. Yeah. And then like even the Death Eater stops to look because they're like, what is about to happen? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> this may be my favorite part of the whole book so far. <laughs> Ron is just addle brain from some spell or something. He's like, your brain! <laughs> <laughs> and they just come out and start wrapping around him. Yeah. He's like, hold on. I don't like this. <laughs> He's like, this is killing my buzz. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. This this fight in the Department of Mysteries, sorry, the fight in the Department of Mysteries is, is so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. How Jeff. did you enjoy it, Jeff? Jeff? Uh, it was great. It was really fun. I mean, I they always talk about how dark and evil like the Death Eaters are or whatever, but whenever there's a wizard fight, it's always pretty zany. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. magic, right? Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I like Babyhead Guy. I like Brain Attack. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I, I also want to point something out here. Um, there's a point where there's a cabinet that gets smashed and then unsmashed and then smashed over and over again. Oh, yeah. And Harry's like, huh, that looks like it holds... All of the time turners in the entire world. <laughs> so this is actually on purpose, right? 
Like, yeah. I think we talked about this. Mm-hmm. Like, J.K. Rowling was like, I hated the idea of the time turners, so I wanted to make sure they were, like, mm-hmm. off the table. Mm-hmm. So this is them. This is her intentionally yeah, removing right. them from the books. Yeah. Yep. Nobody can get those. <laughs> yep. No more time travel ever. I just think it's very funny that she, <laughs> she, she has Harry Potter pointed out. Oh, look at that cabinet. It looks like it's full of time turners. It's being smashed. That's terrible. You know, I don't know. Yeah. So these dark art classes completely... I'm sorry. Defense against the dark arts classes. No, no. It's yeah. dark arts. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the line, right? <laughs> yeah, right. These are totally paying off. I know, because right? Because these are going toe-to-toe with like old school Death Eaters, right? Mm-hmm. These are like years of lead, real ass Death Eaters. And uh, and they, they do okay, right? They do okay. I mean, like, they, they, they survive. They survive, right? They don't immediately die. That's well, true. It wouldn't have made sense if they were, like, amazing and just instantly overpowered them. And, you know, then the adults show up and all the Death Eaters are, like, wrapped up. Like, that just wouldn't make sense. I mean, like, compare I, this to, to how long Cedric Diggory lasted, right? <laughs> That's a good point. I, I <laughs> guess I just would say that maybe it's not is. a great idea. I know, right? Poor, poor Cedric Diggory. Uh, moment of silence now. <laughs> um, yeah, it, maybe this wasn't a great idea sending a bunch of kids against a army of murder wizards. I mean, they're doing okay, but you know, like their it, lessons it, are paying off, though. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Like we see that. Like the a lot of the spells they've been learning, even though they're more kind of like they're not flashy or or fatal, but they're still using the spells. Yeah, and I kind of like that. Like shit happens. Like Neville's, you know, nose breaks, so he can't pronounce the words correctly to do the spell. Like. I don't know. It seems realistic. To, well, you know, as realistic as something happening in a wizard fight could be. But yeah, like, right. I, I mean, could see something like that happening. It's not a Robert Jordan action scene, but it's pretty no. good. I yeah. liked it. Oh, it's it's a lot of fun. I and found I, myself turning pages to, to get to the end of the book because it's good. Oh, totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Neville though because he's like he's awesome in this chapter, right? Yeah. Like this this dude is this is where you see why he's in Gryffindor, right? Like mm-hmm. he's 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 busted up. He can't use magic anymore. But every like every time he gets a moment, he's like charging at some random person. It's like Harry's about to get killed, and Neville comes in and like throws his arms around the guy, and the guy punches him in the face. <laughs> but Neville does not quit. You know, we got some fan mail, um, a nice piece of fan mail yeah. this time. Oh, thank goodness! And somebody was saying that uh, with Dumbledore's sock puppet, the Sorting Hat. Um, <laughs> when it puts people into houses, it doesn't necessarily put them into the house they most they best belong to, but the house that they need the most. So, like, Hermione easily could have gone into Ravenclaw, but she was more needed in Gryffindor. Like, she needed to be out with people who were actually doing stuff. And, That's an interesting thought. Like, the, know, a strategic placement. Yeah, more of a strategic thing. I wonder yeah. if it's... It makes a lot of sense. Uh, I wonder if it's the house that they need to be in or the house that needs them. Or yeah, both. that's a really good question. I don't think that the... <laughs> Hat has like magical prophetic power. I mean, it does have magical powers, obviously. I don't know if it has prophetic powers. Um, but yeah, that would make sense because apparently, like, Neville had a really long conversation with the hat where he desperately wanted to be placed in Hufflepuff because he didn't think he was brave enough for Gryffindor. Yeah. But the hat still placed him in there. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, he. And that, that was like, no, bro, you're going to be punching Death Eaters in the face in four years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, trust me, man. <laughs> like, like, like Bellis, Bellatrix Lestrange, the woman who tortured his parents is there and he faces her down mm-hmm. not even able to cast magic he's like standing up to her like that, yeah. that's impressive it is impressive it's very impressive he's yeah he definitely is one of the real mvps here yeah and during the whole fight but it's still going pretty sour until like it's getting worse right it is you know. yeah bellatrix actually tortures neville which was heartbreaking to me because mm-hmm. now he knows what his parents experienced yep that's right um but luckily Sirius, Lupin, Moody, Tonks, and Kingsley appear. A bunch of actual wizards. Yeah, yeah a bunch of, of adult wizards. wizards appear. Neville, 
through no fault of his own, drops the prophecy, and it shatters. But then there's Dumbledore! So everybody's saved! Oh, man. Dumbledore just rolls in, and it's like, it's a totally different fight at that point, right? <laughs> yeah, the Death Eaters are like, oh, shit, they're, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're, like, trying to get out of there and slipping and tripping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, he should have said that. <laughs> I mean, they don't actually quote Dumbledore. He probably did, right? Yeah, we just couldn't hear it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Daddy's home. Double daddy's home. <laughs> Double, Double daddy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Double daddy's in the ministry, bitches. But it gets real chaotic at this point. Like the, yeah. It does. Yeah. There's dueling going on everywhere. And um, yeah, it's bad. Sirius is dueling Bellatrix, his cousin. And she hits him right in the chest with a spell. And he falls backward into that creepy curtain archway. And he's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like this doorway. I serious. This has actually always bugged me a little bit. Like this doorway just doesn't have any explanation. There's mm-hmm. nothing around it. And everyone's just like, you go through the doorway and that's it. Yep. That's it. Yeah. So he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't buy it. Right. Why is that? Because doorways go up other places. So he's not gone. Gone. He's just somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. He can come back. Right. I don't know if the, he can come back. With magic. Maybe. Anything's possible. He's a magic. magician. Mm-hmm. Wizard, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he's not pulling rabbits out of hat. Like, actually, he probably could pull rabbits out of hat. I'm sure he could. I don't know. This just seems like a non-death death to me. You know. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. Chapter thirty-six. The only one he ever feared. Harry is super torn up over Sirius disappearing, so he runs after Bellatrix and he catches her in the atrium, hmm. and. Get to give her the ultimate fuck you, which is, hey, guess what? The prophecy shattered and Voldemort knows and he's mad. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so so before that, though, like going back to what Jeff said, I, I do want to talk about this a little bit because it's always kind of bugged me. Like I forgot about this, but Harry is like, no, he's he's not gone. Right. And everyone's just like, we're going to chalk Sirius up as dead with no explanation. Like, like this death has always bugged me. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's. Not exactly anticlimactic, and they, as we'll discuss, they deal with it in, in, in a lot of, in the right way. But, like, I, it's hard for me to accept that everyone's just like, oh, you know, go through the doorway and there's there's no coming back. Like, wh- what is this doorway? Nobody knows that, right? Yeah, it's, it's the department of Nobody in the right? room should know what it is, yeah, because it's supposed to be a mystery for the general public. I looked it up. It's never explained what it mm-hmm. is. No. It's just the doorway. Right, yeah, it's, it's a mystery. They don't know that there's no way back. Yeah. Maybe they know that no one's ever come back, but... You know that that is a really good point. Like uh, it seems like a lot of smarter people instinctively know that the doorway is very dangerous. But like when Lupin like holds Harry back from going through it, and is like he's dead. Like how does Lupin know that? Yeah, it's it's always bugged me that they write Sirius off here without any explanation. And as far as I know, they never do offer one, right? I wonder what her point was for for. I wonder what her reason was for doing that instead of just having him, you know, killed. Because she, as we find out, I mean, as we know with like C Diggs, she doesn't have a problem with there being dead bodies. Yeah. So I wonder why she did it that way. That's a good question, yeah. I, I wonder if you know, I wonder if she's ever spoken about it. I'm sure she must have at some point. I'm just never 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 known. Maybe. Yeah. It doesn't feel cheap, but I you do feel a little cheating that you don't get better information about why everybody says he's gone. Yeah, so, I, so I, maybe what I'm saying is when he fell through, it didn't seem like it was so serious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, I, there's there's not much to say about it. Like I said, I looked it up and there's never, like, an, there's not much of an actual explanation about what this doorway is. No. E- even within, like, the, the errata of the Harry Potter universe, they just call it the, 
the archway or the veil or something like that. Yeah, I think it is sufficiently creepy, though. It is. It's very creepy. And, and they talk about, like, you hear these voices whispering from the other side, you know? Yeah, well, and that's that's Only Harry and Luna heard it, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Neville was pretty entranced by it as well. We so don't know if he are, actually heard it. Those anything. are the Thestral crew. Yeah, it's true. Oh, shit. How did I not make that connection? Right, yeah. So that is, What the fuck? That would imply that it's like they're hearing dead people or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, my God. Or Thestrals. Or Thestrals. <laughs> There's Thestrals yeah. out there. <laughs> we don't Sirius, know what Thestrals actually sound like. Sirius, there's just a bunch of Thestrals in there, and Sirius got eaten by Thestrals. <laughs> and that's why they didn't want to let Harry go there. It's really gross. <laughs> <laughs> they do eat meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back there, hey, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're going through that door. Come on in. Come on in. <laughs> you smell real nice. Come on over. <laughs> and I mean, nobody else can see the Thestrals, so maybe, like, I don't know. Maybe Harry really, just didn't yeah, like, maybe, notice that maybe like there. the Thestrals are actually just standing on the other side of the archway. It's not like they're in the world. <laughs> I just can't see them because they're Thestrals. That's right. I'm just like standing with their mouths open. Uh, All right. Come on in. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice in here. <laughs> uh, huh. Dang. Okay. Yeah. People, well. who, people who've witnessed death have a, a connection to this, this archway as well, which, which lends further creeds to theory that it's like this is a doorway into the into death whatever that means you mm-hmm. yeah but anyway yeah sorry it was a little no I'm little glad we talked about tangent it there no uh, that's a good point but then Harry rushes off as you said after Bellatrix because he didn't get to kill Umbridge so he's feeling a little bloodthirsty <laughs> I think he is he's like well you're not a DA, DA professor but you know, you'll have to I'll do I'll take it yeah <laughs> I just need something to kill mm. I love how he taunts her I'm like fuck you bitch yeah prophecy's broken Everything's the worst. But Voldemort and Dumbledore appear, and it's a... I don't know. The fights, it, it's okay. There's a lot know. of, like, whirling around, and, like, I, I they think, make the gold figures try yeah, the gold figure. Yeah, see, it seems like... Okay, it reminded me of the Jet Li movie, The One, uh-huh. where he plays two characters that fight each other. Uh-huh. And one of them uses, like, uh, like round style, like, redirect style. And one of them uses very straight line attacks. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they're both played by Jet Li. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it seems like Voldemort is, like, doing direct attacks on Dumbledore. And Dumbledore, even though he's this great wizard uh, that is great in power and terrible, all of his attacks are sort of whimsical. All of his defenses are sort of whimsical, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like... The like, way... he makes the statues fight for him. That's that's a big thing that he does. Mm-hmm. The, what, what makes Dumbledore powerful is knowledge, right? Like, he knows a wider array of things. Like, you can see it if, if you look at the way that different wizards fight. Like, uh, these, these kids, they fight with, like, a handful of spells, right? Like, three or mm-hmm. four direct attack things. And Death Eaters, especially the, the more dangerous ones, have things we've never seen before, like this purple flame thing that yeah. Nolov does. But Dumbledore and Voldemort both are are the apex of the wizarding world, which means that it's not that they're, they're, the spells that they're casting are necessarily stronger. It's that their arsenal is so wide that they're using stuff that nobody, nobody knows yeah, how to do. It felt a little bit to me like Dumbledore wasn't trying to kill him. No, he wasn't. I, I think he, he says trying as to much. capture him, yeah. Yeah, I think he says specifically, like, like Voldemort at one point is like, you know... <clears throat> You'll Why never kill me. You'll never kill me. And Dumbledore's like, I don't want to kill you. There's, there's, you know, I, I want to do things worse to, I, I don't know if Dumbledore really means this, but he says something along the lines of, just killing you wouldn't satisfy me. He wants he him says. to be like brought to justice or I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. That's, I don't know. That's a little lame. It was a little lame, but I think it, it, it ex- doesn't fit with the extremely cynical view of Dumbledore that I have invented. <laughs> yes. I, I, uh, I, I completely disagree. I actually love this wizard fight, right? Like I, to me, this is like a lot of fun because I, I'm, 
you know, you can get bored with like, oh, Avada Kedavra, Avada Kedavra. You know, like that's, okay, sure. You know, it's like the, the killing curse, but it's boring, right? A, a green laser that kills you in one shot. But what's really cool is like a snake that comes out of like nowhere or you cast some fire and the fire turns into a snake, which is an mm-hmm. attack. You know, it's like these are, to me, these are like fun wizard fights. It's fun. Well. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It is it is absolutely whimsical, which to me is kind of what Dumbledore is about. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it just points out the weakness of this world, which is if you're attacking people, why don't you just only ever do Avada Kedavra? Like, why would you do anything else ever? Right. Yeah. So. And, and I think Del- and Voldemort does try that at one point, right? Like he tries, yeah, he and, then, and then Fox comes down and blocks it. Mm-hmm. You mean Voldemort tries that, right? Yeah, that? yeah, 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 yeah. Dumbledore doesn't do that because yeah. it's an fr- unforgivable curse. Yes. So Fox is like now. Now we know what Fox is. He's Dumbledore's extra life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like whenever Dumbledore's about to die, Fox dies, mm-hmm. and then Dumbledore has to lay, lie low until Fox regenerates, and exactly. then he's invisible again. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> if one were cynical. Well, I mean that's. That's what phoenixes are for, right? They love dying. It's their thing. It's like uh, dying is like an orgasm for a phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they love it. They have one orgasm their entire life, and they die. But then they come back, and then you do it again. Right. Forever. Okay. It's great. It's good life. Sorry, I'm having a weird deja vu. About like, fire? I feel no, dying <laughs> is like an orgasm for a phoenix. I swear to God, you've said that before. Or I like had some creepy dream or something. <laughs> I don't even know. That's so weird. Jeff says that all the time. It's just like his catchphrase. Well, I mean, I mean, there was that one time when I, I hung out outside your and Brandon window and I whispered that a hundred times overnight. <laughs> but you were sleeping at the time. I didn't think you'd heard yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. You must have used that metaphor before. I don't remember saying it, but it is the kind of thing that I like to say. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't recall Jeff having said it, but it sounds just like a Jeff thing, so it's hard to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Voldemort possesses Harry. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and uses Harry to tell Dumbledore to kill him, but then Voldemort kind of disappears from his body really abruptly as yeah, well. Yeah, well, Harry has like a positive emotion or something. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it is. But Voldemort grabs Bellatrix and disappears, but luckily not before members of the Ministry start showing up and they see him. Yeah. So now Fudge has to believe Voldemort's back. I actually kind of love this because during the fight, Dumbledore, you know, he animates the statue to save Harry and um, there's another one that, that attacks Bellatrix, but the two little things, the house elf and the... I can't remember what the other one was. They run out through the flu goblin. network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Goblin, that's right. They run out through the flu network, and they were going to get witnesses. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. All right, good job, Dumbledore. Good thinking on your feet there. Yeah, so Dumbledore intended for people to see Voldemort. Lots of people. So it's, like, kind of impossible to deny that. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but And that, if one were cynical, uh-huh. that would be why Dumbledore didn't just kill Voldemort when he had the chance. It's because Voldemort is his stalking horse. Mm-hmm. Voldemort is the tool that he's using to accrue power. So this whole scheme here drew Voldemort out into the open so he could display him, the enemy to all the people. Which, and then, kind of furthering that, Dumbledore has this, like, this power play with Fudge in front of all these witnesses, right? Mm-hmm. Where he asserts his authority, uh, and so it's, so it's over now, right? Like, Dumbledore tells Fudge to recall Umbridge, and he's like, um, I'm going back to Hogwarts, I'll give, you, I'll give you 30 minutes of my time, and then I'm out, and... Fudge has nothing to say about it, right? <laughs> yeah. So this this is like, Fudge is over at this point. So uh, this maybe. Went, this went in Dumbledore's favor, I would say. I think it, he's over if Dumbledore wants him to be Yeah, over. but Dumbledore, I think he's fine with having Fudge there, right? Dumbledore doesn't want to do that job, right? Well, I, I would say that Dumbledore doesn't want Fudge not doing what he wants, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Sure. So Fudge is like in line now. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. The power of Fudge is broken. That's right, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, but meanwhile, while he's going to be having that conversation with Fudge, he sends Harry back to his office through a port key. Yeah, Harry Potter goes back to school where he belongs. Chapter 37, The Lost Prophecy. This is the meeting with Dumbledore and Harry in Dumbledore's office. And Harry is like raging and like breaking all his shit. Well, before that, though, Dumbledore's office has repaired itself in his absence, which I think is kind of funny. Because mm-hmm. it got smashed up when Dumbledore got arrested, right? Mm-hmm. And everything's like back to normal. He's like, how does he do that? <laughs> he's not even there. Yeah, right? Maybe that's what he spends all his time doing is putting these things together. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I just love putting them together. I just mm-hmm. like to put more pieces together. It's fun. Or maybe Fox does it. Mm, that's probably what Or it that is. sorting hat, right? The sorting hat has nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> love the opportunity to like yeah. put broken stuff but back doesn't together. It doesn't have thumbs. Well, that's why it takes it so long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the sorting hat just finished fixing everything. Yeah. And then Harry rolls in and starts smashing everything. <laughs> sorting hat's like, God damn it. Yeah, uh, yeah Harry, Harry has some, some real big feelings here, right? Like, Sirius is... I mean, it's a little bit of Harry's fault. Like, his recklessness led to this this happening, right? I've thought a lot about this. So, the person responsible for Sirius's death is Bellatrix Lestrange. She's the one that hit him with the curse, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Harry's, like, 25% responsible, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Like, like he, he defied a lot of people telling him it was a bad idea to go here. Constantly. And, and Sirius went there to save him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the pro-Harry side on this. Uh-huh. If Dumbledore had leveled with him, he wouldn't have done that, right? Yeah. Like, from what Harry knows is that Dumbledore is blowing him off, not telling him anything. The school is going to crap. His only friend in the world is Sirius Black. Uh, no one has told him that Voldemort can give him visions or control his mind or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Right? So he has no way of putting together that this was happening, other than that it was extremely obvious to all involved. And, and Hermione, uh, also. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but Harry is about as smart as a, a city bus, right? Yeah. <laughs> so... He doesn't have anybody to back him up except for Ron and Hermione. And then he, he hears that Sirius is in trouble. Why would, he, why would he believe anything that Dumbledore has told him up to this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, I, and I think, and Dumbledore admits as much. Like, yeah, like, he takes the blame. He's like, that, and, and he says exactly what we were saying. It's like, if I had leveled with you, this wouldn't happen. Yeah. But I feel like, I feel like there were lots of opportunities for Harry to learn a little bit more about what's going on, right? Like, like he made a lot of mistakes, I would say, that, 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 that kind of ended up with him in this Department of Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they were, they're standard Harry mistakes, right? Like, they're, they're the same mistakes he always makes, right? He always charges in. He never thinks. Yeah, he's very impetuous. It's true. But anyway, we get a lot of information. Um... Dumbledore tells him that on the night when Harry saw Mr. Weasley attack, that was when Voldemort figured out that he and Harry have a connection, which is why he started the Occlumency lessons. Um, he explains to Harry that Voldemort used that connection to trick Harry into rescuing Sirius. And that's where fucking Creature's been the whole time. He was going and he was reporting to Bellatrix Lestrange. Which, I mean, a little predictable, right? Like, that's yeah. a pretty evil little... Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I get that... He's a, a slave, and so, like, he, he there, there's some sympathy for him. But he's, like, an evil little fuck, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like, he's a bad elf. Yeah, he's yeah, a very nasty. bad elf. He's, he's a bad elf. <laughs> we also find out that after Harry had been attacked as a baby, Dumbledore had sent him to live with the Dursleys instead of any wizarding family that would have, you know, not kept him locked under the stairs because um, his mom, his mother's blood, 
through his Aunt Petunia is what has kept him safe, mm-hmm. which is some sort of magic. We've heard about like love being magic before, protective magic. So yeah, sure, checks out, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's it's a thing that that Dumbledore's mentioned is like this ancient power that Voldemort hates. Like, right. It refuses to like acknowledge essentially, and that's that's his one weakness. Is he there's this like you know I would say untapped source of power that he mm-hmm. ignores, right. which is love. And it turns out that Dumbledore was the one who said Petunia the Howler uh, changed her mind and convinced her that Harry had to stay at their house instead of expelling him at the way back at the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it feels to me a little bit like Dumbledore. I, Dumbledore has put himself between Harry and Hurt so many times. This conversation feels a little bit like he's trying to to diffuse harry's like sense of guilt a little to me you know Mm -hmm. like i i I do agree that dumbledore made a lot of mistakes but he's it feels like he's trying to take all of the blame for Sirius's death onto himself and he does maybe he's doing that to protect harry you know yeah well he talks about that like i've been trying to protect you this whole time but i can't do it anymore i have to tell you i have to give you this information that i should have given you a long time ago and if i had given it to you previously maybe Sirius would still be alive yeah um, which is uh, which is legitimate, yeah. Yeah, but we find out that even though the prophecy had been smashed, Dumbledore was the one who first heard it, so he can actually tell him what it said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Professor Trelawney, it came from Professor Trelawney, how 16 years ago she made a prophecy about the one who could vanquish the Dark Lord would be a boy who was born at the end of July to parents who had defied Voldemort three times. Mm-hmm. It sounds appropriately prof- prophecy-like, right? Yeah, the, the, in the in the the true spirit of, of most prophecies, it's kind of unspecific and a little like open to interpretation. When and that's what I actually love about this is that it doesn't actually mention Harry at all. No, and the fact that Voldemort attacked Harry is what makes the prophecy about. Harry, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of interesting, you know, double door. Oh, sorry, right. Voldemort got like a piece of the prophecy yeah. and acted on it. Yeah, he only heard part of it. So, are we sure it's Harry and not Neville? We're not. We're not, but it because it could have been Neville, but Voldemort chose Harry, and so now it definitely is Harry because the part of the prophecy he didn't hear is that the Dark Lord will choose him and mark him as his own, which was the that seems scar. pretty vague, also, right? Mark him as an equal. Mm-hmm. I mean. Right. I don't think so, because like he never tried to destroy Neville, and so Neville's never been marked by Voldemort. I mean, you could say this is a stretch, but you could say he's been psychologically marked. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you could, yeah, this, Neville has scars too. They're just not on the outside. They're like emotional and like psychological. Yeah, and, and and Harry's secret power is the the love of his mother and his bloodline or whatever. And Neville's secret power is handsomeness. It's true. As we, <laughs> as we see, as the movies unfold, right. Neville ends up being that's a total the, That's hottie. the power that, that Voldemort can never understand. That's right, yeah. The power of, of Voldemort, looking good and feeling good. Yeah, because look at, look at Voldemort, right? He's got the no-nose thing. He's got the mm-hmm. pallid skin. He's never going to be, never going to know what it's like to be, like, hot, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that must be it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe Neville is the chosen one. Yeah, like just on a meta sense, you know, I've read a lot of fantasy stories and this just the vagueness of it and the fact that there are two possible targets screams at me that, that the actual target is the, the unconventional one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The rest of the books are actually Neville Longbottom and the whatever. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the turning point. You know, the books don't go on to be about Neville from now on. It's like, oh, sorry, Harry. Prophecy's not yeah. about you. Nobody right. gives a shit about you, Harry. But the prophecy ends with either must die at the hand of the other for neither can live while the other survives. Yeah. 
This uh, this 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 explanation for Dumbledore is actually I I kind of like how it ties things through the, the the previous books in a way that sort of makes sense. I mean, it's a little ex machina, you know. There's like some like, oh, this is why this happened, you know. But but I, I like it. I think it I think it works. I feel like that's something that she had because she planned this all out from the beginning. So it seems like that's something that had been planned, you know. Like that's a major plot point. Really? So. It feels a bit like a retcon to me. Really. I well, think so. I mean, because, like, for instance, Dumbledore had to have him live with his family, but he couldn't send, you know, CPS over there to, like, check on him once in a while. Yeah. He couldn't, like, show up and say, stop torturing him. Yeah. Just once. Yeah. yeah. Those are good points. And then and he says, like, the reason I didn't tell all this stuff is because I knew it would hurt you, and I, I loved you like a son or whatever. And we're like, fucking really? I don't know. I mean, like... Dumbledore's been watching Harry through his through his whole life, you know, whether whether Harry knew about it or not. Right? I guess so, but like what we've seen is that Harry talks to Dumbledore two or three times a year, mm-hmm. and Dumbledore usually blows him off, mm-hmm. right? Unless Harry has like killed a teacher, in which case he's earned Dumbledore's like you know a few minutes of his time. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. And it, it just seems like and, and and Dumbledore's like and and I love you, Harry, because you're such a special boy. Like really. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't he love any of the other people that are more like Dumbledore? Mm-hmm. Why yes. doesn't he love Hermione? Yeah, maybe Assuming he, loves he Hermione. isn't Hermione. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which Dumbledore we're still not himself. 100% sure on. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, those are all points. Yeah. Chapter 38, The Second War Begins. Harry is where Harry always ends up, in the hospital wing. But Umbridge is there. Yeah, this, this is inversion. Yeah, Harry's he's, not in the bed, he's right? Visiting, uh-huh. and both of his friends are in the hospital. He's like, "What is?" He's like, "This is so weird." Yeah, it's just it's like Ron and Harry switch places this year, right? I don't understand. Why am I not the one in the bed? I'm <laughs> so like, confused. He goes in and just lays down, and and, 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 <laughs> like, and Madame Pomfrey's like, "You don't, you don't, you don't have to lay down." He's like, oh, oh, I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't hear him not be in the bed. It's oh, weird. What? I I I, uh, I love that this opens with this like article from the. The Sunday Prophet, um, it's it's pretty satisfying, right? Mm-hmm. Fudge having to, like, essentially publicly eat crow about all, all the stuff he's been saying. Um, <laughs> like, mission accomplished. Dumbledore, you can let the air out of that inflatable Voldemort dummy. You're, you're back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they bought it, man. Let's get out of here. But, yeah. So, here's a question. It is a weird fan theory about... There are some weird fan theories about what happened to Umbridge in the forest. Mm-hmm. What do y'all think? Uh, I I forgot that she survived this. I thought they killed her. Honestly, like mm-hmm. yeah. like in my notes when it said you have to recall Umbridge, I was like, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're gonna be picking her out of centaur dung. <laughs> I, know, right? uh, I, I mean, I didn't think she got eaten necessarily, but I mean, like I, I t- to me, the centaurs made it pretty clear they were gonna kill her. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe they imprisoned her. Maybe they were threatening. They were deciding what they were going to do with her. Maybe she's going to stand some kind of centaur trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, for someone like Umbridge, it's probably pretty terrifying. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, why? I mean, what do you think? I, I, It's not what I think. I don't think it's true at all. But I've, hear, I've heard a number of people strongly suggest that she was raped. Really? By the centaurs. I, yeah, kind of. There was something like that in there. She does. I mean, like, okay. Yeah. But I, I'm sure that's not where they were going with the books. Just no, the, no. But the she, way that she, she's dragged off into the woods and then she comes back traumatized and won't talk about it. Like there's yeah, yeah. No, she clearly has PTSD, right? I mean, like Umbridge is the worst, and I may previously have suggested that she should die in a fire or something. But 
But I mean, like, I feel a little bad for her here. Like, okay. the kids are kind of mocking her and, like, making noises. She's just, like, she's flinching. I mean, like, she's... You know what? I, I hadn't thought about this before. You know what it is? Hmm. Centaurs can tell the future, right? Maybe they just told her her future. Oh. Maybe they told her that you are doing Voldemort's work and you don't realize it. Mm. And they, and since they, they are right about telling the future, they were able to make her believe it in some way. Mm. That would be pretty traumatizing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I, I, huh. I, I guess it's, there, there's no, there's no, like, um, explanation for what happened. To no, her, right? there isn't. All we know is that Dumbledore marched into the forest and somehow managed to get her back from the centaurs. But isn't there some sort of, like, president in literature i mean wasn't that a thing like in ancient roman mythology wasn't there stuff about like centaurs raping human women no that was the satyrs uh i think they all did it did they uh, centaurs too i'm uh, pretty sure oh yeah. all right well like yeah, everything, I don't know. everything happened it happened, everybody did it yeah zeus did it a lot yeah 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 well anyway whatever horrible thing happened umbridge has finally left hogwarts thankfully I didn't think she was going to make it out, though, because, I mean, like, she was there in that hospital weekend. Harry was there. I mean, oh, no, maybe she was stuck in the toilet system for a month. Because <laughs> that seems to really mess you up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It didn't happen to that one kid. Oh, man, yeah. Could be. We don't know. <laughs> but we get an enormous fuck you because Harry finally looks at the gift that Sirius gave him for Christmas. And it turns out it's a mirror that Harry could have used to contact him all this time. Oh, God, I know. This is... And Harry. Even though it brings back that question, though, when Harry was talking to Lupin and Sirius in the fire, when he's like, was my dad an asshole? And they're like, of course your dad was an asshole. We were all assholes. We were 15. Why didn't Sirius tell him about it then? Oh, yeah, right? Yeah, it was like, hey, dude, so you don't have to go into, you know, like, sneak into the Professor Hastie's office. Why don't you just use this gift I gave you? Maybe it was a one-time use mirror? They didn't say that, right? No, he he actually specifically says that he and uh, Harry's dad used to use it all the time when they were in detention. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is... That's Okay, that seems like a plot hole. Yeah. Also, can we... It'd be funny if, like... He tried to use it and like he saw like a corpse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's so sad. Can we also think about how amazing it is that these they call them the Marauders? Um, Harry's mm-hmm. dad, Sirius Lupin, and um, Wormtail. Wormtail. Yeah. So they developed this Marauders map, which is incredible, and they also developed these mirrors, these like two way mirrors. Like these guys are amazing. They're yeah. Amazing. No, they were they were great wizards. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Too bad most of them, you know, kicked it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, well, uh, you know, I mean, half of them are still alive. One of them is still alive. Peter Pettigrew is still alive. No, he's not. He's not? Oh, wait. Yes, he is. He You're totally right. Is, My yeah. bad. Okay, that's right. He just scampered off. Yeah, yeah. He's hanging out with Voldemort. Okay, never mind. Uh, Harry's conflicts with Malfoy have definitely, like, escalated, too. Like, at this point, it kind of feels like uh, Malfoy's going to try and kill him. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. he's not siding with the, the good guys in this, yeah, right? Yeah, well, there's, there's a whole... They do that... That same thing that has always been my complaint with these books, where at the very end they just make Slytherin lose the House Cup for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like they they get they give a bunch of points to Gryffindor and then they say and subtract a bunch of points for Slytherin for obeying the orders of the headmaster. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were literally just doing what they were told, which you know they're they evil. They were just following evil directions. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, yeah. they were just following orders, and that was evil. But you're giving them points. You're you're taking away their points for. Not breaking the rules no, at this point. She didn't take any Slytherin points away. She did take. She did give the, the Gryffindor two hundred and fifty house points in one go. 
She didn't take any slithering points away, at least. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, but yeah. she still made them lose, right? Even, yeah. Even though did. they'd been playing the game, right? I feel that really cheapened it, though. She's like, and you, you know, and like, 50 points each for letting the world know that Voldemort's back. I'm like, really? You're yeah. giving them, like, p- points for some ridiculous <laughs> game that doesn't actually mean anything? Yeah. Really? It's a little silly. <laughs> and here's a subscription to Book of the Month Club. I don't know. Right, yeah. You yeah. get a gold star. <laughs> Good job, Harry. Good job. Uh, also, Harry visits Hagrid, who offers him something called dandelion juice. And I want to take a moment here to ask you guys, is that a wizard thing or a British thing? Thoughts? Mm. Yeah. This is a, a game we like to play. Wizard or British? I mean, dandelion. isn't that the same thing? Oh. Yeah, Aren't right. all British people wizards? <sighs> I, they, have the, they have the wizard accent, right? Right, yeah. They talk like this, like they're always wizards. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. You're part wizard Oh my yourself? gosh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm a wizard. <laughs> that's, uh, that was really that's good. Accent. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Did you look it up? It's a real thing, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's apparently like got cleansing uh, benefits. But looking at, for what I've been able to find, it doesn't actually... Uh, it doesn't appear to be a British thing, so it's probably intended to be a wizard thing. Because all this stuff is like, oh, this is a special health food juice, so... Oh, okay. I'm guessing it's a wizard thing. I can't imagine a dandelion tastes good. It's... Yeah, there's not much to it either, right? Like It's probably like wheatgrass, right? Just kind of... Green? Gross. Yeah, yeah. It just tastes green. I mean, Hagrid offers it to him, and Harry's like, yeah, I want some of that dandelion juice. So I was like, huh? Okay, well... Yeah. Yeah, it turns out it's a, a wizard thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Harry finds Sir Nick, the, the Gryffindor ghost, and asks if Sirius can come back. But Nick says Sirius would have chosen to go on, which is still quite sad. Yeah, actually, I, I find this this progression kind of interesting because this is Harry like processing his grief in different ways. Like mm-hmm. he goes for, um, I'm trying to think. So he think first he, he thinks of the mirror and he goes and he looks there and that doesn't work. And then mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I'll go ask a ghost and like the ghost can tell me what's going on. And then he, um, and then he talks to Luna, and like this through the course of this, it's it kind of helps, right? It is. He, yeah, he's just devastated, and he runs into Luna, and Luna tells him that she can see the Thestrals because she saw her own mother die when she was nine, and she tells Harry that those voices behind the curtain archway are those who have died. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting, like trying to process the idea of death in a world where we'll say the line between life and death is a little bit squishier because of <laughs> magic, right? Uh-huh. But yeah, he he tries all these different avenues, you know, and mm. and death is still final, even in the world of wizards. Yeah, he gets he gets some comfort from her though, and I'm glad. I thought it was it was quite sweet actually. Mm. Yeah, this this scene with Luna is why she's one of my favorite characters. She's she's strange and like a little bit maybe loosened from reality, mm-hmm. but she has like a kind of wisdom to her. She because of the her perspective on the world, she she helps people a little bit, you know. Mm. Yeah, I, I like her. I yeah, think I she's that. a ghost. You think she's a ghost? That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. Just just theory. Luna's a ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you never see her uh, pick anything up, right? Mm, it's true, right? You occasionally see her try, and her hand goes right through it. Yeah, and they're like, <laughs> oh, that's weird. <laughs> Looney love good. <laughs> Always put her hand through things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the scene is a little is is obviously a little sad too. You know, it's just she's talking about her own experiences and yeah. It's, yeah, she's really mature beyond her years. I think so. Yeah, I gotta say, I don't really buy this Harry and Sirius relationship. Yeah? Yeah. Because they didn't really know each other, right? Like, Harry Harry first heard of him, he thought Sirius was a crazy killer. And then he finds out, oh, he was friends with my dad, and then Sirius runs away, and Harry doesn't see him for, like, a year. It's a family. 
family thing, though. Like, you're close to your family, even if you don't necessarily interact a whole lot. I just don't feel like... Sirius doesn't feel like Harry's family to me. He yeah. feels like a friend of his dad's. Like, Well, yeah, but for Harry, that's... I mean, friends of my dad have died, and it didn't bother me. Yeah, but that's... To, okay. It's, it's, it's different because Harry... Harry doesn't have a good connection with his father. Like, he, he, he has this, this person who he's, he's never really known, and he's, like, slowly learned more about. And mm-hmm. the only connection he has to his dad, the only remaining connection he has to his dad is Sirius. No, it's Lupin. Well... And Dumbledore and McGonagall. These people all knew his dad. Yeah, but Sirius was his best friend. Yeah, Sirius was his best friend, sure. It's just I don't buy that he's this upset about this guy that... He's only spoken to what four or five times. Well, are you? Did you also say that you didn't understand why why Harry would be connected to his parents since they died when he was too little for him to have formed any real attachment? Yes, I did say that. Okay, well, difference of opinion, I suppose. Yes, (laughs) but thankfully, um, the whole Cho relationship is over. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good, good riddance. Yeah, it's like in the past that would have made me upset, but now that I've like you know battled all these people and seen my godfather die, like whatever. I guess he's never gonna get that Cho job after all. Have you been saving that this entire time? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what's a cho job? Uh, You know, it's when they get together and she chose him a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) That's good. Uh, And, of course, he has one last uh, conflict with Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle that goes very differently. And I, I, I have to say, seeing the way they get dealt with, by you know Harry's wizard gang. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Yeah, <sighs> I can't help they, they but think of Harry's right? They, they did not know that they were walking into this beat grinder. I know, yeah. right? Like they, they're like, oh, let's go give Harry a hard time, and then like every door opens, and out steps like what a dozen people who are all hexing the shit out. Yeah, of them. we've all spent the year practicing hexing, and just like bam, 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 and turn them into crazy mutants. That's yeah, great. I love it. I, I feel a little bad for them. I know they're I know they're assholes and everything, but like feels a little bit like. You know, overkill. Like if you're if you're fucking with Harry Potter, like you're already playing with live wire, right? I guess they're looking dead. Yeah. yeah. Take your life in your hands. Yeah, yeah. every single time. But yeah, but I think this is you know, Crab and Goyle and Malfoy are a gang, and they're used to be using their ability as a gang to push people around. But now Harry has a much bigger gang. Mm-hmm. It's true. And this is how they learn that, right? Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. Um, they get back to London, and the Order threatens the Dursleys, <laughs> like you do. Yeah, I I mean. I it it's a it's a little it's it's played a little sweet and like I but I could certainly see how this is also kind of like horrible like this gang of wizards shows up and is like if if anything if Harry tells us that he doesn't like the way you've been treating him then we're coming for you yeah, yeah right? or if we don't hear from him for a few days you know we'll send somebody by puts the Dursleys mm-hmm. in a challenging position right yeah and this is something they should have done a long time ago yes. probably. Like, the first time they dropped him off with the family. It's yeah. also kind of... It's what uh, Vito Corleone tells the other mob bosses in The Godfather. Does he? Yeah, if he, if he has an accident. I'm a superstitious man. If he's struck by lightning, I will blame somebody in this room. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but the order stands up for him, finally. Yeah. So, hopefully it's going to be a little better from here on out. Yeah. And that's it. That's, that's Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So, Jeff, how do you feel about the progression of the series? Um, it's definitely, they're different. The books are very different. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty impressive. You know, they're not samey like a lot of kids' books are. So I was curious how you were going to think, because I know you're always a fan of, like, world building. And then, 
But, yeah. you know, that's been done. That was established five books ago. Yeah, I mean, I feel a lot of it felt like retconning to me. Mm-hmm. It almost felt like a new author. Huh. Uh, except for the time when, like, she uses, like, way too many ellipses. Like, more <laughs> ellipses than any other author I've ever read. Oh, yeah. Oh, whatever. It's not that big a deal. But uh, but but it feels like a new author is, like, brought on and is, like, trying to flesh out this world and make, like, a different thing out of the original thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's interesting to see somebody do that. You know, I think that it's kind of hampered by some of the restrictions. You know, like, they, they have to just say, let's pretend the time thing never happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to make uh, stakes important in a world where you can be healed of almost anything at any time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. What about you? How is it? How has it stood up? Because you haven't read these in years. Right? Yeah, uh, I think um, I, I I like it. Um, I remember having this feeling that like as she wrote them, she was writing them for the age of her audience as they came out because you know they were the the audience was getting older because these came out. But not every year, a couple years apart, right? I think so. Yeah, something like that. So, so I remember every time I read one of the books, I was a little bit older, and um, they seemed like they were age appropriate for where I was at the time. And this one is somewhat more adult, and it's darker, and and it deals with some like some heavier themes in a way. And I think that uh, I think it still I think it still works. You know, I, I I like this book the best of the ones we've read so far. I think you know just because it 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 changes the dynamic of everything, you know, mm-hmm. um, before it's very like mysteries happen in Hogwarts and let's go solve the Hogwarts mystery. And then it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, now it's a, there's this exterior force that's real and dangerous and there are real and dangerous consequences. As yeah. Well. I mean, the last chapter is literally titled entitled the second war begins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I know that, you know, th- I think this sets the stage for, for the future books being very different in a way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, I felt this book was too long. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is by far the longest one, right? Yeah, yeah. So by, far, by a sight, right? And and it's very repetitive. You know, like what's going on in Grimald Place? Oh, Sirius is unhappy again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's check in with Sirius. What's he doing? Still hanging out at home, being unhappy. You know, mm-hmm. let's have Umbridge torture Harry for the fourth time or something. Yeah. And so, and I also, I didn't like all the stuff outside the school. Mm-hmm. Like I think the Wizard School is cool, but when you start interacting with the real world, like. Why are you in school? Who cares about this freaking school, right? Yeah. This school stuff does not matter at all. I do not care about Harry's test scores at all when, like, Sauron is loose on the world and it's going to kill Harry in five minutes, you know? Uh-huh. That's, like, the, that's where the stakes are. So it, it feels like this really weird, jarring tone, and I wish they would just wouldn't do the let's fight a giant battle thing. Because really, like, why is Harry Potter even there? Oh, just because he was he's stupid enough to get lured there and because... You know, the the plot contrivance is such that he has to be at the center of all the action all the time. Mm-hmm. But really, it should just be Dumbledore dealing with this problem. I mean, you know? there could be other action occurring at different times, but it doesn't occur in June, which is when, you know, <laughs> the only time Harry's allowed to yeah, do yeah. stuff. Yeah, It's true. Yeah, it's true. And it's, I, I feel like the, the wizard school part of it is kind of charming and a little bit shallow. But the, like the grand war between good and evil stuff is also shallow and also kind of like I've read that. 20 times yeah. in other books so I, I'm not interested in it I don't give a shit about Voldemort mm-hmm. I oh. care about Harry passing his owls <laughs> <laughs> yeah we oh, we never we never found out what, how his scores went right? yeah no get that at the end of summer yeah I so. mean he might get kicked out of Hogwarts anyway is that what happens when you don't pass your owls I mean what else would happen uh oh yeah I guess 
Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I, somebody from Angleland can let us know. Yeah. I, I also thought Harry was a real shit the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like I, he treated his friends badly. He treated his teachers badly. And maybe that's realistic, but I don't think that the people in the world reacted to him appropriately when he acted like that. Yeah. Like his friends almost acted abused. They were like, well, Harry, like maybe it might be Harry a trap. Like if, if you considered that and he's like, no, shut up, Hermione. Like, like really? Like why are they putting up with this? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, 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 well, first of all, I agree. I think this is my least favorite Harry because he's, he's very angsty in this book, which might be appropriate for his age. But I, I think his, his friends also, they care about him and they're, they're, they know he's going through some shit. They're trying to like be nice to him. But you're right. Like he's, he's kind of an asshole in, in this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he makes some big mistakes. I want, I, I don't remember. And I wonder if this is a turning point for his personality because it feels like he spends a lot of time being a little arrogant. And, uh, in this book, he, he has this, he has this thing, which is a good and a bad thing where he like, he's, he's, obsessed with doing the right thing right mm-hmm. and in in most cases he's confident that he's doing the right thing he's like this is what needs to happen this is what i need to do mm-hmm. and this book he thought he was doing the right thing and it ended up costing him something that was really important to him yeah so at the end of this book i you, you see him going through these 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 emotions that like could set him up for being a different kind of a person you know mm-hmm. so i'm curious if i don't remember but i'm curious if this like leads to a uh, a shift in his character. Yeah. Well, I mean, he knows now that he either has to murder the ultimate evil or be murdered by it. So that's, that's going to do something for him. Yeah. That's going to change your personality priorities a little bit. He even says on the, on the train ride home, you know, I think it's when he's talking about Cho, actually, he says a lot of the things that I cared about before don't seem that important anymore, you know, mm-hmm. which is a legitimate thing to feel when you learn that, you know, wizard Hitler is back on the loose or something, right? Ready yeah. to start murdering again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Okay. How, how does it hold up for you? I, I just I love the shadow each time. Is this your favorite book? Yes, but only because it's the one I most recently read. Oh, okay. <laughs> I will have to say this is out of all the books. This might be the one. No, that's not true. It's not the one I've read the least, but it is the one I kind of tend to avoid a little bit just because I hate Umbridge's character so much and I find and I find it really infuriating. Maybe part of it's because I'm an educator, but like how much power that she has and how much time that they spend on her character. I yeah, just really hate it. I thought she was overly evil. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like evil beyond the point of like She's trying to accomplish something, right? Yeah, they're like physically torturing the children through the the pen she creates. Sure, yeah. Is her, yeah, that's that didn't horrific. seem to have any purpose for her doing that, other than just to show how evil she is. Yeah, yeah. She, mm-hmm. yeah, she, and, and it almost she she targeted Harry in a way that made sense because the book is about Harry Potter, but didn't necessarily make sense for a random person coming off the street, right? Like to say Harry's the person I'm going to go after. Also, the reveal yeah. was very weird, too, when it turns out that she's the one who sent the Dementors, which was a really big deal at the beginning of the books. And then you're at the end, you're like, oh, wait, that's right. That happened. Yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. all, it's a throwaway that they don't come back to. Mm-mm. But, like, that's 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 pretty serious, right? She's, yeah. 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 yeah, her character was not very well developed. I think probably just because J.K. Rowling just had such a personal antipathy towards this person yeah. that she was not able to make her to be like a realistic human she's like cartoonishly evil I yeah guess. yeah mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, that's it for Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, the book. We'll be watching the movie next time and discussing that. And then um, we'll be moving back to our other podcast, which is The Dragon Rewrite about the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan. Yeah. If you like the Wheel of Time series, you should check it out. If you haven't read the Wheel of Time series, you should read it and then listen to the podcast along with it. Yeah, exactly. You should totally do that. Um, all right. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter or Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Mike Sparkman, and I don't have any of those things. You can also reach us at hello at mwapodcast.com. But, we love hearing from you. <laughs> <laughs> but please share this with anyone who you think will like this. Please give us good reviews, especially on iTunes. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Finite Finite Podcast. Podcast.